This is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Zleifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. We always want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a fantastic guest um, in... December of 2018, we had Kieran Beshia on, and they talked about a wonderful um, piece that they were directing, Sao Rafael, and we have the writer of Sao Rafael, uh, Julius Rea. I'm trying not to say Javier Reyes, oh. <laughs> who's another guy. Julius, oh. <laughs> yep. Julius, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It is a lovely, lovely morning. I yes, get to is. see, well, in person, both of your beautiful faces. I'm Thank you. Good. I'm pretty good. Hey. Right on. And hey, same, same for you. You have done so much. You are, I was reading, um, you are the artistic director and founder of the Forum Collective. Mm-hmm. You're a brilliant playwright. We, I know about Sir Raphael. I'm sure you'll tell us about other things you've been working on. Oh, yes. And uh, you've collaborated with, um, I think, the Latin Mafia, Latinx Mafia. Mm-hmm. I was reading a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. So you've done a bunch of things. And uh, you're also, you studied um is it philosophy at um yes at san francisco state university yes. University. so i'd love yes. to talk about that as well oh yes and we'll definitely get into all of that stuff norman uh how is your week <laughs> so in a couple of hours <laughs> you're going to be on stage yes i'm um the studying the mm-hmm. uh, water by the spoonful i'll yeah. be on i i can't even pronounce the playwright's name um and have barely met with the director so <laughs> it'll be interesting I, i'm yeah. To absorb a whole script with, without the benefit of staging, scene partners, all of that, today will be the test. That's the life of an actor. Either. But you're a professional. So, <laughs> do you know how many professionals avoid understudying? This. Yeah, I think I think more avoid Shakespeare than mm-hmm. understudying. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of like, oh hell, I I, I did that once. I will never do that. Again. So my whole week has been overwhelmed by that, except to say that the TBA conference is coming up on Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an annual conference. I have gone many times in the past. I haven't gone in recent years, but I was invited to moderate a panel. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's um, on the struggles and hopefully successes of playwriting, Uh, BIPOC, uh, BIPOC, trans, uh, let me get this right, BIPOC, trans, disabled, and elderly. Oh, playwrights. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's who we're talking to. Now, you had texted me uh, the other day. Did you find an Asian? Um, Not yet. Not Still yet? Okay. searching. I need. Um, at need. It would be nice to have that representation. Yeah. From somebody. And I've got. I sent messages out to. Thank you for the names. I sent messages out to the people. Mm-hmm. I kept putting the wrong. Um, Area code down oh. for one of them. Yeah. And I kept getting these text messages back. Sorry, wrong person. I'm like, no, really? You're not Lauren Garcia? No. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Finally, I looked at the number again. I'm like, yeah. oh, 707. Not 415. Yeah. And the odd thing about, you know, when we have guests on, I mean, you know, we have people from all sorts of uh, different, uh, you know, age ranges. We have right. uh, millennials. We have boomers. We have Generation X, Generation Y, and I don't know what the latest generation Civil War, is. Yeah. And everyone communicates <laughs> in a different way. People like texting. Mm-hmm. People like email. People right. are on Facebook. People are not on Facebook anymore. I have no idea. It's like, how do I contact you? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, after I get done with the show today, I will mm-hmm. be following up again because... Uh, 
Right now, I tried to keep a panel small. So yeah. I only had three panelists. It was me and three panelists. Mm -hmm. So one woman, one person who identifies a little more gender fluid, mm -hmm. and, um, and one man. And suddenly when that woman dropped out, I was like, Oh, this sort of weighed in the other direction. I, I, so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping I can find somebody. And it's a trick because I also, being on playground, I deal with some writers, and there are some wonderful writers I would love to talk to, mm -hmm. but some of them are very young, and I'm not sure that they've been produced yet. And to me, that's yeah. the conversation we're trying to have. Yeah. Sure. I don't need to encourage a single person. If we didn't encourage another human being to write another word, we would still have enough material till the end of humanity. Yeah. We would. So there's no need to encourage anybody to do that. What's more important is there's all these people you can't stop from doing it. Talking to them about what is that next step or what gets in the way or what <clears throat> might be helpful to think about. Mm -hmm. And it was great because I got a message from the panelists this week saying... We should have a discussion about what we're going to talk about. And I said, okay, so number one, we're talking for an hour. <clears throat> we are not going to unpack all. I've been having this conversation for over two decades. Believe me, we are not going to unpack all this. But let me help you out by telling you all those little, oh, I hated that. And oh, that didn't go well. All those little sob stories that we all have. I have them. I, have, I, I can fill an hour. Anybody can fill an hour with that. That's not going to be helpful. So I said, let's not do that. Let's talk about one experience you had with something that went well or that went, that got produced and what you learned from that. Let's yeah. talk about that. I have a question for you, uh, Julius, about this. Yes. Do you feel as a playwright and also as a audience member, you know, a person of color, do you feel you're being represented on stage, on and in, in the Bay Area stage? Are your pieces being picked up or are you seeing things that re represent you? I mean, what do you think? Hmm, that's, <sighs> hmm, the silence is shade. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I, hear you know, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, <sighs> gosh, I'm like really happy, oh, especially over the past two years that we can like talk about what representation really means and not just for people of color, but mm -hmm. also like people who are neurodivergent, people who mm -hmm. are, do you know what I mean? I yeah, work yeah. with Stage Bridge in Oakland, like people who are, um, elders, you know, working mm -hmm. in theater, working in like storytelling narratives and all of this stuff. For me, it's still not quite there yet. Do you yeah, know what right. I mean? Because, and <coughs> this is, as we're talking about here, the marketing capitalism, you know, sales aspect of theater. Yeah. So it's like when we're coming back, even though, you know, we spent two years in our houses, you know, like analyzing our practices, analyzing ourselves, trying to be not necessarily in community with other folks, but trying to be in conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud to see all of the unearthing and the potential and the possibility for unlearning or relearning and all of this stuff. At the same time, as we're coming back into live person productions, yeah. Yeah. we're seeing that really, really hard balance between this is what we want to do for the future this is what we have to do to really open up our doors but also the, these are the things and the projects that a our whole systems are based off of mm -hmm. and also these are the people how do i say this like you know that thing of you know when you're constructing a season yeah and you're like all right what are the shows that we can really 
play with mm -hmm. and what are the shows that are kind of necessary in order to get audience members into right, and exactly. also like paying audience members yeah. into. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's always that weird balance of like, okay, representation, like where does that lie in it? And it's like, yes, I know that the stories that represent me and the stories that really represent other folks that have not been shown can make money. Yeah. But right. then it also like, it's interesting, like we're talking about playwriting, but then we have to talk about how, like the curation process. Mm -hmm. We have to talk, you know, with the artistic directors and we have to talk to the outreach managers to be like, okay, it's not just the stories that we're crafting, creating, writing, devising, but it's also how are we in community with our audience members? Yeah. And so like that, even very shortly, like that question about representation is a whole, as y'all know, like mm -hmm. as we all know, like yeah, yeah. it's this whole conversation. So like, it's interesting and I'll see you there on Monday for the TBA Yay. conference. I'm going to be there for, um, I'm a, TBA Arts Leadership Resident. Oh, nice! Yes, I'm working <coughs> with Lorraine Hansberry Theater, which is where I will be going after we're done recording this nice. <laughs> because we're opening Intimate Apparel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with with Kari. Kari Moore. Yeah, right? yeah. yes. Right on. Yes. Who are you up directing? Jan Hunter. Yes! Yes, I know. <laughs> no, I, I bumped into Jan at the bank of all places. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, we're getting ready to do this, blah, 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 mm -hmm. blah, blah. I'm like, yes. I'm so glad I know you. <laughs> oh, yes. Jan is brilliant. Jan is brilliant. Oh, gosh, that woman. So, yes, that's where we're going, and, you know, it's all tied. Please say all hi. It's, yes, of course, I will say hi. <laughs> I will say hi for both of you. Um, but I think that that's, like, as a playwright, like, and as an audience member, I'm always, like, searching and hoping for, you know, more and more representation. And I think that that's the other thing is, like, for me, representation looks completely different. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, for some folks... And, like, let's just even, as a side note, let's talk about people who are disabled, you know, mm -hmm. or neurodivergent, where it's like, okay, the, um, love you, calling up justice, mm -hmm. love you, Cla Claudia Alec, mm -hmm. but I love that Claudia Alec over the pandemic was very much like, let's talk about accessibility. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's really talk about it because now since that everything became digital, it kind of flattened everything out and was like, oh, actually yeah, now yeah. this is the most accessible. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, if you can't leave your house, do you know what I mean? Right. If yep. you right. have to drive, you know, like uh, 50 miles or something like that, if you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be in the space physically, yeah, it's like that was a barrier for so many of us. So it's like, maybe mm -hmm. that's, that's what representation looks like. I have, a, I have a good friend of mine who lives in Cleveland and she talked about on online, she's deaf and she, she, and she was born deaf. And she talked about how Coda and the actor who won yeah. the best supporting actor meant so much to her mm -hmm. because she felt represented. Um, and we can actually segue this into probably the one only current event that has dominated, you know, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy, must the, we? <clears throat> the atmosphere. I mean, we could just hit it once and oh, you know hit God. it and quit. I, there's been so many. Well, Everybody's enjoying it so much. Pardon so. the pun. <laughs> well, I mean, what are, what are your? I mean, do you have any takes at all on it? Yeah, the academy needs to come up with some rules because when somebody hits somebody, you should escort that person out the building immediately. Wouldn't it have been beautiful for us to see and the. Winner of the Best Actor Award is 
Oh, Will Smith, the guy we just saw get kicked out because he hit somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he's not the best actor. You know, that whole category, whatever. But in that framework, fine. He's the best actor. And we had to kick him out because we abide by the rules and we make everybody abide by the rules. You don't sit there on live TV dropping F-bombs and hitting people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any thoughts about this? I mean, this is the first Academy Awards. I was reading this. Uh, Jamel Hill wrote a wonderful piece in, in The Atlantic about this, mm-hmm. that this is the, only, this, the first Academy Awards in all of its years that were produced by black people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, two black people, you know, and yeah, I feel bad for Questlove. You know, yeah. he yep. had yep. a wonderful documentary, Summer of, uh, I think we talked Summer about this. Summer of Soul. Summer it's Soul. an amazing film. Beautiful film. Just makes it makes black people look bad, and they're Sydney also Portier, Denzel. There are amazing moments mm-hmm. that got completely overshadowed. Yeah, you have any thoughts, Julius? Uh, <laughs> we don't. And it. I'm not. And I'm not trying to like you know share anybody's business, but like literally the morning of, I was talking to Jan Hunter, oh, and we oh. were and we were just like, let's have a check in about intimate apparel. But then it was like, also like let's talk about this, and I think that that's the thing that's just so. Ooh, like, I'm really, really happy, once again, really happy over the past two years to see all of the unearthing of the conversations, even though it's been a lot of struggling, you know, a lot of transitions, a lot of mourning, a lot of grief. However, I'm, uh, Mm. (laughs) I'm glad that we can talk about this in such a nuanced way, Mm -hmm. but then it's frustrating because we're still going back to this thing of just like, you're making us look bad. You're making all of us look bad. Mm -hmm. And I think, I know it's like, then we can talk about black excellence. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can talk Mm -hmm. about like the meanings of, you know, black work ethic inside of white spaces and with a white gaze. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And even if we're talking about theater, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, and, and you know that thing where it's like, you know, we're always performing, mm, yeah, you know, no yeah. matter what the, the, the space that we're in. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's kind of like, and maybe this is just my playwright brain, my philosophy brain. It's like, it's kind of kismet that it's like a two extremely rich and privileged performers right. are doing something that we don't know that we are analyzing as like, mm-hmm. because we were like, some people were like, was it a bit? Was it a stunt? Right. Like, exactly. was it right. a joke? Oh yeah. There's a, like, there's a meme going around saying that he had a, uh, a cheek patch. Exactly. Yeah. Or something, something, something. Right. Yeah. All of this stuff. And I was just like, but whether or not any of it was like real fake discuss, you know, any, how, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, the act itself, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. R- like, takes away from Questlove, takes away from yep. his own thing, takes yeah. away from, I, it takes away from the character. Do you sure. know what I mean? It takes away yeah. from the real man that he was portraying, yeah. and also his daughters. No, I love that he apologized to them. That was the first thing that he was, did, and, and, I, was and like, I was like, thank you, thank yay. you. Yeah. But also, why did you have to apologize in the first place? Because what are you, it's so, right. it's like, it's that thing where it's like, in a completely different context, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It could have been potentially fine. It's just like, it could have been. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. But because of it was this night and mm-hmm. this moment and this, like, once again, you can't, in, or maybe you can. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. about to say, like, well, you can't write this. There are some things it's like, oh, you can't write life. Sure. But I don't know. Maybe you can. So it's it's frustrating because I'm like, I wish that we didn't come back to this question. It's, it's like, fascinating. I mean, mm-hmm. Will Smith from yeah. his days of the Fresh Prince yeah. and from his days of, I mean, just, you know, just as a rapper, the Fresh Prince. And then as right. the actor, the mm-hmm. comedic actor, 
you know, conjuring up this persona of, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm above all of that. And one moment, I mean, my grandmother, my dearly potted grandma would say, hey, the devil only needs a moment of your time. You know, Isn't you can build an like entire what Denzel reputation. Said? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it's very Denzel true. Denzel said something like that too. I mean, I was like, yeah. yeah, and it's true. I've I've learned this. So these, I hope we can take these lessons away because it's always good to have a reminder that at that moment of your highest success, mm-hmm. if you are not really grounded, if you are not humble, mm-hmm. <laughs> you the door opens to just horrible things happening. Yeah. But, you know, when I mean, when Denzel talked about the devil, I was like, okay, what are you saying? Chris is the devil? I mean, you know, I don't know who the devil no, is. No, no, that's no, what he said. And I guess for me, it resonates because I, I started Oakland Public Theater. We did our first production where everything came together. I was so happy. Closing night, I get up in front of this audience and I'm thanking everybody who came out and has been a part of the process. And thank you so much. And thank you, the designers. I start going down the list of designers. Well, I realized about halfway through, my set designer kind of bailed on me halfway through the process. Mm-hmm. And we had to pull it together. So I went, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. So I kind of cut the list short and said, and, and thank you to everybody. I can't even name everybody. Thank you to everybody who's been a part of this. My publicist comes up afterwards just pissed. You didn't mention me. You didn't acknowledge me. It was like you were ashamed of me. And I went, ashamed of you? No, no, no. I'm, you volunteered your time, and you've been fabulous. You got somebody to, you know, to really get this out there. This was like a press agent almost level. It really, mm-hmm. word got out on the show. We had wonderful attendance. I'm like, no, you did your job. You were fantastic. I Let me take you to brunch and apologize in person to you, which mm-hmm. I did twice. Mm-hmm. And that woman still never forgave me for that. Oh, and I was goodness. like, so in my moment of, at that time, my biggest success, mm-hmm. bam, because I got up there and kind of, and it doesn't even matter, showed my ass a little bit. Doesn't matter how little it is. And that's why I don't want to make more of what this was. Sure. But in that moment, if you should be one of those people who kind of really went through the fantasy of what if I win? What am I going to say? What am I going to do? I'm going to yeah. get up there and thank my mama. Suppose you got up there and forgot to thank your mama. Mm-hmm. Everybody be like, <laughs> yeah. look at that boy. What's wrong with you? Hey, you know, it's interesting, Julie. I mean, you, have, uh, you talk a lot, you know, in reading your, I went on Facebook to check out your profile. Uh-huh. But you study journalism and you've been focusing on journalism and theater and storytelling yeah. and how uh, even with Saba Raphael, your play, mm-hmm. how um, people who are watching I don't know if you remember this number, but we had a whole conversation about I'm trying the complicity. And I don't know mm. if you remember that, where you were like, you feel funny about that word complicity, but people in watching this, and I, just to connect this, and then we'll go into an origin story mm-hmm. with you, yeah. Julius. But Jamel Till talked about black people viewed what happened differently than how white people viewed it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because that's the other thing that like I wanted to like ask. You two, and mm. once again, I know, like, we'll, we'll get we'll get to all of it. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I think that that's the thing that is so interesting, and maybe not frustrating, is like even, you know, your story about like not saying everything as perfectly when mm-hmm. given your moment. Do you know what I <laughs> right. mean? It's yeah. like how much of this is like black people and black artists and black performers, like even when we're getting to a very high level or when we're getting to that point of freedom or or fill in the blank where it's like i still have to watch every single step yeah exactly doing exactly it's like well 
you know, if I, I once again, I'm not Will Smith, I'm not anybody, but mm. I'm just like, if I am, if I've put in the work and I'm here, whether it be just for this one project or for the past, s- how ma- ever many years, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, how long do I have to continue to prove myself exactly. in order that I can, like, if I do show my ass, do you know what I mean? Yeah. For literally 30 seconds. Right, right. Like, does that somehow discredit everything else but then it's like yeah and it's not discredit but then there's this weird well, balance but that's what where they it's want. like they want to take his award away and i'm like it's like what yeah. are you talking despite about despite the fact that harvey weinstein had been raping women <laughs> <laughs> and he still has his mara took it all the john way back wayne to did the same thing go ahead oh yeah the that's the john wayne things were going around daily um mara you know throwed my throws miles names in there and i'm like yeah miles was known in his lifetime was known to be abusive Mm-hmm. And uh, Miles Davis music is some of the greatest music that's ever been created in America. I'm sorry, it just and, is, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that we can't say t- both things. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Roman Polanski, I can even go there. Mm-hmm. But I yep. think that yeah, but exactly <coughs> what you just said. Why can't we say both things? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially with like um, black communities, black creative communities, mm-hmm. people of color. Do you know what I mean? Like, and obviously that term people of color, like it's mm-hmm. <laughs> odd and also, yeah. do you know what I mean? So it's like, but even inside of us, it's like, how do we ensure that we are, <sighs> that we are supporting ourselves and our own people in our own communities to strengthen, you know, our armor yeah. when we have to go on a stage with the white gaze, you know, watching us trying to be like, oh, God, every single step, what am I going to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it transcends art. You know, I've, I've had conversations with my mom, my mom, and I promise folks are like, hey, when are we going to get to an order story? But uh, my mom, <laughs> we're getting you know, there. I, I'm, I'm, I grew up in Washington, D.C., the Chocolate City, and uh, it was at a time in the 70s where black people were, I think it was immediately after... Um, Lyndon B. Johnson had signed a bill mm-hmm. <clears throat> saying uh, anti-discrimination. It was part of the Civil Rights Act uh, mm-hmm. where you can't discriminate. And so black people were getting into the office space, white-collar uh, jobs for right. the first time. Mm-hmm. And it may be a victory, but my mom would tell me stories like, oh, my God, these people are looking at my hair. Right. They're looking at my skin. They're looking at the way that I walk. Maybe yep. they're checking me out. These, yep. you know, white guys who, who – and that's sure it's a culture shock for them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, black um, – Matt Men had a couple of episodes about that. Oh, really? In the late, they okay. they drifted into the late '60s, and they mm-hmm. brought in a uh, a black uh, secretary who had her own style, and oh, so they sort of touched uh-huh. into that. But we're on a perpetual stage all the time, whether um, it's an actual physical stage mm-hmm. where you're absolutely right. You could spend your entire career building a reputation of who you are. Someone's waiting for you that one moment where you slip. Well, let's talk. I mean, once again. We'll get to the origin story and all of this, Mm -hmm. but I'm just like, even this discussion, I'm like seeing all of us, and I'm just like, this is a beautiful discussion, and we're talking about Will Smith, and also, there's, let's just throw gender in the mix, because I'm just like, okay, well, what's happening with, you know, Kentonji Brown Jackson, like, literally on the national stage, that's, and when we're looking at that talking about black people mm. on a stage being watched and criticized exactly. i was like what to that I, I couldn't help but think it like i was just like mm-hmm. and everything that we're doing and it's just like i don't i don't like this happen to a anyone mm-hmm. i didn't like that this happened to a black person and i right. really didn't like that this happened to a black woman yeah, yeah. so i'm just like it's uh, 
it's unfortunate, but it's it's unfortunately Americana because this is the eternal uh, struggle. It, is, it, it is, is where we way. are now. Yeah. It is where we are now. Just yes. like the jingoism of the yeah. you know the late nineteenth century. Yeah. It's where we are now. I couldn't help think of it because I'm not a big Cory Booker fan. But I've listened to that speech a few times because mm-hmm. when he finally gets there and he says, Y'all don't understand. You know, qualifications, all this other stuff. You've got the experience, blah, 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 blah. You've earned this. You've earned this. You've earned this. But I have to say, he said, I see. And I thought he was going to say my sister. And he said, my mom. Yeah. And I went, wow, you went there. And absolutely. Yeah. I was like, yes, yes. And my mother and my grandmother. I grew up with a poor, in a poor family with a poor grandmother. I didn't think of it that way at the time. As I look back on it, I realized that's what it was. What I knew was not only was my grandmother the matriarch, she worked downtown, and she had connections with well, it's Indiana, so the Republican Party. But there, there were people in the Republican Party when it came election time that came to talk to her because she talked to the community. That's who my grandmother was. I've known that my whole life. So to see this young woman, young from my perspective, mm-hmm. who has come up through the ranks, who has been aiming for this and working hard for it and <clears throat> excelled, excelled by every standard. Yep. There's the only reason we're having this conversation. There's only one reason we're having this conversation. There's only one reason y'all are trying to come up with every piece of dirt that you can try to manufacture because that's what you're doing. Only one reason, and we've all known it our whole lives. It's a part of our culture. So we're not surprised. Disappointed, but not yeah. surprised. I mean, that path is a very difficult path. Kentonji Brown Jackson, I mean, I can tie it to even even Will Smith's past, even Chris Rock's past. I mean, even everyone who we see, who we can discuss, mm-hmm. they've trailed a path which is really, True. really, really hard. Right. And the stage, the proverbial stage that we're on, you know, even mm-hmm. if you have achieved that height— you're still being watched, and you know it is what it is. It's unfortunate, it's sad, mm-hmm. but um, this is part of the struggle. And we, we, you know, all three of us have known that mm-hmm. throughout our lives. Speaking of lives, let's talk about you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know, but I was yes, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Just to say one more thing, and then we'll. I of course, going of course. To go right back into this. So yeah. I'm just like I think that because there's what, so much to unpack. Go I know, ahead. right? But yeah. like literally, just what you said goes back to the very first question that you asked me about representation. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, how can I truly feel representation in my own community, in my own artistic community on the stage here in the Bay Area and beyond if we're all still holding this thing of entering spaces, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be my home personhood, myself as a performer, myself as an audience member, or myself, like, as my art piece as an extension of me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, even when I'm creating a piece, sometimes those are the questions that we have to ask. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, is the piece, is the work, is the company, is the crew, is the body still being watched like everything else we just talked about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still being potentially criticized, still holding all of that stuff from yeah. our, from our, from ourselves, our families, our ancestors of just like, okay, who, who is watching me? Who is going to start something with me? Yeah. And, and that's the other side. And I know that that, this is the thing that we can go back into my background, but I'm just like, where, not where, but like, I'm so happy that I can work with Lorraine Hansberry theater Mm -hmm. because I'm like, 
these are the these are more the places that we need more yeah. the yeah. places that I don't have to necessarily think mm-hmm. about all of the other extra emotional weight yeah. of trying to like walk this line or walk over eggshells or, you know, do this. I don't want to say dance. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it yeah, can yeah. feel like that. <laughs> well, I mean, th- one of the issues is... The you pro- know! Yeah. yeah. The, per- the proverbial yes. stage is owned by um, white people or white establishment or, you know, whatever. And not saying that that's a bad... I mean, there are some establishments which, although are maybe white, they try to do the very best that they can, mm-hmm. but they can't know what the experience is or even try to tell the story in a way that if there's a stage which is, you know, owning and and maintained by people of color. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think that may be one of the, one of the problems. Um, we, let's, let's get into an origin yes. story. Yes, yes, <laughs> Where I were you know. born and raised, and how did theater, <laughs> oh how did theater grab you? Uh, crazy. Um, I was born in Walnut Creek, California. Yay. I was born in the whiteness. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, siblings? <laughs> siblings? No. Um, yes and no. My um, single mom, uh, you know, two aunts, or, you know, one blood, one not, but, you mm-hmm. know, we're all, like, family, right. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of, actually, three, if you want to get technical about the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up also in Connecticut and New York oh, for wow. a little bit, and then moved back here when I was around 10. Mm-hmm. And then I've really been here since then, with the exception of, like, a stint in, like, London for six months, and then, mm-hmm. like, Chicago during the 2012 presidential election. Wow. So, like, all of that beautiful 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 um i'm gonna try to summarize it because thank you so much for like thank (laughs) you so much for like you don't have to rush at all i mean oh no but it's like but the track of it is it always just comes back to really being really wanting and needing um people to communicate with each other yeah Mm -hmm. so then you know when i was in high school and then college i was like yes journalism is the thing i really want to like work with narratives i really love interviewing people obviously mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a beautiful <laughs> art form and i was in chicago you know going to school for journalism i ended up working at johnson publishing company wow literally like beautiful, beautiful. this is robert johnson mm-hmm. who owns uh, i think ebony and bet so um there was a lot of stuff that was there was a lot of stuff that was happening there like organizationally and i learned so much but also i learned hmm it was the first time that i was seeing the like capitalistic sale side of the thing that i had loved so much mm-hmm. it so it was kind of like my first like big boy job yeah but then it also threw me into a world of trying to analyze you know the most effective ways to tell people stories and to communicate them and to market them and to share them yeah because it was like I was like looking around and I was like, A, these stories are so necessary and yet <coughs> not everybody is having access to all of these stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I came back to um, California, I was working in film. I was doing some short films here and there and they were all based in this cross section of like interviews, f- you know, is it real mockumentary type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then sooner or later you know working you know with college people with younger people 
um, I didn't have film actors, I had theater actors. So I would just go to the drama department essentially and be like, hey, you want to be in this thing? And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> so then um, I ended up after many roads, ended up at San Francisco State. A friend of mine was like, please come over to the uh, theater department. I know that I was uh, getting a degree in philosophy mm -hmm. um, because I, when I was like younger, I went to this nerd alert um i went to a journalism camp mm -hmm. <laughs> at stanford yeah and i just remember this reporter from the mercury news and she was just like if you want to do journalism and i realize about this with theater and with art and with everything you know um she was like if you just want to do this just do it and always be doing it like physically have it in your body but you can totally study something else like study something else that you're interested in. Oh, interesting. So you yeah. don't need the journalism degree to, to do journalism. I don't think so. I mean, it is very, very helpful, you know, like similar to like um, you don't need an MFA to be a playwright. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. it is quite, quite helpful to be in a space where you're working for two to four years yeah. just on this one. But the academia on. helps you, right? I mean, oh, do yeah. You, yeah. No, it does. And I think that for me, the academia – the academia <laughs> like, um it helped me but for me when i was at san francisco state i was it helped me in a different way because it helped me contextualize the work mm -hmm. i think that that's the other thing that i'm i'm really proud to say that like when i can bring into spaces i can start that conversation it's not just like what's interesting about it right right now or what's like interesting artistically mm -hmm. it's like how do we contextualize all of this stuff yeah so i mean I love all of my peeps at San Francisco <laughs> State. Uh, you know, hey, I'm an alum. <laughs> exactly, I know. Um, but they let me into the creative writing department. Ann Gouger, who's oh, right teaching on. that. Oh, there. yay! Yes, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was just, I was woman. just, whoo, love her. I, I just mm -hmm. saw her this past week. Um, and uh, they let me into a MFA uh playwriting festival called greenhouse oh you uh -huh. know roy conboy who recently yeah. retired right i was like can i do anything with theater and playwriting he was like come on take a class and i was like oh okay and you know the philosophy yeah, roy has been the uh, the kind of gatekeeper it used to be that playwriting was in the creative arts department yeah, exactly. for some reason yep. they had them separated when roy came that was he, one of the first exactly. things he did was like can we bring this over and then all these folks from the Bay Area, he really reached out to. Literally. So you get to talk to and study with people who are out doing it, who yeah. are out in the field doing it, not just academia, not just oh, no, yeah. sitting behind a desk. That's the other thing <clears throat> of, like, I'm really privileged because most of my stuff, do you know what I mean, from theater has mm -hmm. been like, no, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, right. um, or for me, I was, like, privileged because I was like, can I do this? And they're like, yeah, do it, like. Just come on. So, like, yeah. Anne, Roy, like, even Terry Barrero, mm -hmm. um, who's still teaching there, um, they were so supportive because they were just like, yeah, you're interested? Just come do it. <laughs> and then all of this stuff started to tumble out of that. Mm -hmm. Then it was like, okay, well, here are my first directing experiences. Here are my first playwriting experiences. Here's my first dramaturgical experiences, producing, grant writing, mm. marketing, um, mm -hmm. produced a show outside of the, their own season, do you know what I mean, at San Francisco mm -hmm. State, then all of that tumbled out into 
working with um, Playground, at, you know, with the writer's pool mm -hmm. and then the director's pool and then, <coughs> you know, learning how to grant for myself and then getting a TVA, like, cash grant for Sir Raphael, bringing yeah. it back, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that led to being on a grant panel and seeing on the backside of it, and then that led Isn't to, that great? Know, do you know what I, I mean? I've done that, too. Like, um, I've been on the panel, and I've moderated yes. um, one, and both were just huge lessons, mostly in listening to other people yeah. and getting that sense of community, mm -hmm. but also seeing the breadth of what is being offered by the Bay Area. Literally, it's crazy. And see, that's the other thing, because I'm like, even going back to representation, like, mm -hmm. I love, the thing that I love about the Bay Area is that it can be very, very experimental here. Yes. It's like, you know. And you're allowed to be experimental. Exactly, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, oh, but that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. But you're allowed to be experimental. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, we can test, we can play, we can, you know, I love it here. Like, we can't analyze. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We can take yeah. a step back and be like, okay, what's happening? What's happening? What, like, what are we doing? Yeah, so. yeah. I want to give you a compliment on Sa Raphael. Usually when their plays, you know, they go up, they come down, mm -hmm. you know, people are entertained. But then there are plays where it asks so many questions and it tackles things from so many different angles that you continue to talk about it long after the show is over. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To give a recap, so Raphael uh, is based on um, Raphael, Ando, Sarah, and Ari. I think those are the uh, main characters. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's basically a woman who uh, went to a party, and she blacked out. Uh, there's accusations of rape. Um, but then the play takes a turn because I believe Ando, it's revealed to be the playwright mm -hmm. of this piece, and the people that we're seeing, the victims or whatever, are actual spoilers. Well, yeah. it's, it's been four years. <laughs> yeah, I know, They're right? actually That's his characters. Fine. Yeah. And you mm. explore, and it sort of ties into what we saw, you know, the Will, Chris thing, you know, that slap happened for a moment. Mm -hmm. But the story keeps reverberating because people keep giving their versions of what happened and Literally their, that. Yeah. their mm -hmm. impact on it and their hot take on it. And then people are like, no, 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 your hot take is wrong or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, Raphael, we sort of see the same thing, you know. I think Ari is the sister to Sarah, and she's like, well, I don't know if you're, is that right? No, I'm sorry, is the sister to Raphael. That's right. And she's taught. I'm she's loving this memory. I'm loving this. He's just like, and then, oh, yeah. yeah. But it's because a, I read it. This is, I, yeah. But this is the example, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even like of. Re me retelling it, yeah, re retelling recounting it. It. Yes. it changes the, and all of a sudden you're like, no, wait a minute, I think you got that wrong. Which is your point? Your yeah. point is not only is the action that happens a thing, but are vi are seeing it, are telling it, are mm -hmm. retelling it. When it gets thrown into the public sphere, right, yes. mm -hmm. right, exactly, yeah. and and it blends journalism with it's a, you know with the thing the thing that we threw around the word that we threw around was complicity mm -hmm. when we talk about it with Kieran because. As an audience, when we see an event that happens, and I go through this all the time at my job, I work for the DA's office, mm -hmm. where we get witness accounts of a crime, yeah. and the cops mm -hmm. said this thing, but the witness said this thing, and yeah. and all of a sudden there, and you have to piece together, okay, what really happened? We even go through it with family. Like, I'll ask my dad, hey, dad, what happened 10 years ago? Mm -hmm. Well, this is what happened. Well, mom says no. Right. And yeah. my sister say, has this. I hated that part of growing up. I did. Because it used to be you could go back to the parents, the adults. And yes, go, exactly. So remember this, and when this happened, what happened? And they used to be the source. Mm -hmm. And after a while, my mom would say, no, 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 that's not what y'all did. Y'all didn't do that, blah, blah, blah. And I'd look at my brother or my sister, and I'm like, okay. Sometimes I'd call her out, but sometimes I'd just get together with them later and say, 
So the way I remember it is this. How do you remember mm -hmm. it? Yeah. And we've been doing that for yeah. over 10 years now where we don't even, mm -hmm. oh, okay, mom. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I when, bet. And, and, when it gets into, and when it gets into serious things, like yeah. a serious issue. Exactly. Like, just briefly, I'll talk about my biological mom. Her mm -hmm. picture's right there. Yeah. She was a victim of sexual abuse, mm. and it's one of those things in the family where no, the family members don't want to talk about it, or you know, people are fuzzy about the events or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when it comes back to Sao Rafael, the story is not about okay, what really happened? Yeah, you blacked out, so do you know that you got raped or whatever? <clears throat> but it mm -hmm. also gets into the playwright writing this thing and character saying, "No, I think you're missing your." You're, you're interpreting the women's experience differently because you're a man and, and that sort of yes. stuff. So it gets into very complex stuff. I mean, it, it's a blend of journalism with playwriting because mm. you're talking about someone writing about an event yeah. and reporting the event. Trying, was yeah. that your goal? Uh, it was one of many goals. I think that the main goal was it was to talk about the entire experience because the thing that I was happening the thing that was happening in my own life was that I was interacting with everything that was happening in the public sphere mm -hmm. so like one of my f one of my friends and colleagues said it really beautifully because I didn't want to like come on like I know that I'm a man and that's a really important aspect of like this play and you mm -hmm. know all of this journey it's like I wasn't trying to go in and say like this is a story about like that is truthfully telling the a monolithic you know experience of being a survivor of assault it's not that but mm -hmm. a friend and collaborator was like the piece starts out saying that oh this is a piece about sexual assault and then it ends with oh this is a piece about how we talk about sexual assault mm -hmm. and there i think that that's the thing mm -hmm. that's the transition over it so it's like even a that yeah, this whole discussion that we've had do you know mm -hmm. what i mean of like our identities change when we're being watched yes it, our identities Love change it. when mm -hmm. we when they're being analyzed outside yeah so i think that that was the other thing that i was like going into it because the further the same thing with the you know like this will incident you know this you know this whole situation and with Miss Jackson, it's just like all of these things. I was like, hmm, it would be different if there wasn't so much about the public sphere impacting this. Mm -hmm. And so I would say like, yes, that's the journalism came into it only because the journalism aspect is the ability to watch a situation from like a bird's eye view or a third, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, a third person perspective because the thing with that play was that the characters and even themselves, they say it in it that it's like, Hmm, when did this stop being about us? Hmm. Like, when did this stop being about the people who were affected and yeah. the central and how did it become so much about the stories that other people were saying, the environment around it? Like, yeah. when was it just, because people have a bad habit of injecting themselves into this story. And, that's, and mm -hmm. that's exactly, exactly the thing. It was like, okay, well, this is happening with me, but because it's somehow now happening on a public stage, mm -hmm. you know, the personal and the private are now completely switched. 
and it's like okay well then all of that discussion do you know what i mean is helpful Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean but it's Mm -hmm. not helpful necessarily for the people at the center of it yeah and it almost makes the story i mean the person let's say you know um sarah who is the victim well the character who is the victim survivor the survivor yeah um it almost becomes well when did my experience become i don't know entertainment like i i think back to um the jonestown massacre and I every time every now and then they'll do a 20th anniversary, 30th anniversary of mm-hmm. what happened, and journalists will come to the latest the survivor who has lived mm-hmm. of Jonestown and say, "So talk to us again about that horrible experience right, right. and describe everything that happened, you know, in Jim Jones or whatever, or let's say a rape survivor. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us again about what happened, you know, and let's get into and it's like, listen, this is painful to me. Why yeah. am I, and what are you getting out of it? Are you titillated by what this? I mean, doing? what the hell's going on here? You know, one of the cemeteries is here. Yeah. It's here in Oakland. And they oh, yeah. do have an it event. Is. And it's not a big public event. Mm-hmm. And if anybody tries to call or check in about it, the, <laughs> they're, they're basically directing you away from it unless you are part of it because yeah. that's the reason they're marking it. It's important to mark. Let's not turn it into some sort of celebratory or, you know, voyeuristic thing. Right, exactly. And I brought it up because I think one of the reporters, I mean, one of the victims had said, listen, I've done at least five interviews on this. I'm I'm tapped out. Right. Please stop asking. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing because, you know, sometimes interviews, not always, you know what I mean? But the process of the interview is to, I don't want to say like extract because that's not the right term but it's to extract information from the interviewee in order to share it with the audience because there's some knowledge here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That should be shared. Sure. Mm-hmm. And there's that's different of like even this conversation. Do you know what I mean? How mm-hmm. meta? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, us having this discussion just maybe about me or anything that I, Julius Rhea, can say about the art form or theater in the Bay Area and that it turns into something different where it's like, okay, now I'm trying to interview you about your trauma um, about the thing (coughs) that is going to ultimately maybe, you know, put you in more danger. Yeah. And I think that that's the other thing that's not crazy, but that's the other thing about um, art. And that's the other thing about Sarah Raphael, because when it got to the production of it, I mean, it was so beautiful and so like one of the, most touching moments of my life. Um, People felt so... Representation. Going back to your representation question. Mm -hmm. Um, People felt so moved Mm -hmm. to talk about assault sometimes for the very first time. Mm, And people who were my friends, my family members who were coming, who were just seeing this kind of like you know that thing with playback theater and theater of the oppressed that that basic tenet where it's like if you see yourself in front of yourself you can externalize it and then you can somehow not necessarily process it do you know what i mean but there's a moment of validation yeah it's kind of like a whole production saying i understand you yeah and i see you and that's the job to be done with diversity theater when we talk about inclusivity where we want everyone to be represented mm-hmm. but the point that you made is if you're going to be the interviewee or to talk, you have to be voluntary. You have to opt in. Like, yeah. we're opting in on this conversation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, 
there are individuals who are being talked about who did not opt in. <laughs> did not, right. did not opt in. And yes, I think that that's the other thing because it always goes back into like everything, everything else that we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, during this past hour, it's just like, who, what does it, and I'll extend it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what mm-hmm. is it when I'm being watched, but what is it when I'm being criticized, analyzed, mm-hmm. you know, all yeah. of these other things. Yeah. It's like, I am, but I am my own person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a theme. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Because people are going to, you're going to opt however you opt. One of the things that I like, and especially as we talk about this idea with representation, mm-hmm. what's happening across the country apparently is a lot of the old guard are kind of going, why does it have to be about brown people? Oh, do we have to talk about the gays again? <sighs> and I roll. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> but. But what I understand and appreciate in all that is that they don't want to feel like somebody's preaching at them. So I get that. And that's great. On the other hand, let's recognize some real hard truths. Number one, I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to put on clothes. I can turn on that screen and I can see so much. So why am I going to go someplace to have the live experience? Okay, so let's say I'm opting for that. I'm opting. Now, do I really need to go see yet another production of To Kill a Mockingbird? (laughs) Really? Or Romeo and Juliet? Mm -hmm. Really? Why? Because you're going to give me some in-person experience. That's why. Oh, the other thing I didn't talk about this week is I've just started casting for The Tempest. I teach seventh grade Mm -hmm. class. I've been doing it every spring. Mm Mm-hmm. Tempest is my show this year. I apparently convinced a bunch of kids to do it because I got 26 kids. And I'm like, oh, crap. I had, I thought, maybe 21 roles. So I'm actually going to have to stretch mm-hmm. a little bit to make this work. Um, one of the things I did as we were talking about casting mm-hmm. is to say, well, you know, in Shakespeare's time, because it was you know, very much a patriarchal society, um, it was even... The few female characters that Shakespeare wrote were played by men. I mean, there just wasn't much representation. So I want you to know that I don't see why that single parent on the island running everything couldn't be a woman. Why can't Prospero be a woman? Yeah. Why can't Caliban be a woman? That was the one where I thought I was really being, ooh, because everybody keeps doing Ariel. That's my whole career. That's all I've seen is female Ariels. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a dude take Ariel on again just, just for something different. <clears throat> But I said, what about Caliban? Because if you make it Caliban, then you get this interesting thing where the powerful guy on the island treats his daughter like she's a princess, but treats this other female, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just a whole other set of expectations and cultural codes that come into play without changing a word. This is what I love about this. And I thank fate for the young children who will educate me. Girl sits in class. This is about a week ago. Sits in class afterwards, after I've just talked about the mm-hmm. characters, and she says, well, I'm thinking about Ferdinand. Oh, you talked about her last Ooh, episode. Yeah. Ooh, yes. And I went, yes, I went, holy <clears> cow, <throat> because my selling, because I'm dealing with 12 and 13-year-olds, I'm not going to find a boy who's going to go, oh, yeah, I want to be the romantic lead in that. That's just, I know this from history. Exactly, not going to yeah. happen. Um, so I'm like, wow, you solved that problem for me. That's wonderful. But my, my pitch on this was to say, Ferdinand is basically Hamlet minus all the deaths. Your dad, as far as you know, is dead. You don't know what's going to happen next. And there's an expectation that you may rule the kingdom. Yes. 
and you don't know if you're ready for that. That is not a gender-specific thing, but when you add a female in going through that, one, the female is going to find some things, possibly. I mean, we're all individuals. We'll find our own way to make that character come to life. But more importantly, I say, that audience is going to sit out there going, oh, how does this make sense? And that's where, to me, representation offers us an opportunity that people don't recognize. Instead of getting up there and preaching and banging people with these ideas, the way you guys have talked about this play, the unfolding says, oh, you have an expectation. Nope, we're going to twist that. Nope, we're going to unfold that. That audience, by the end of the show, hopefully is walking out the door with their head just kind of going, just percolating, just all this, how do I deal with this? Where do I put this? And that's where we're at. For as hard as everything, so many things are so hard, Ted Cruz, and he's the least of them. Mm. Um, For all of those hard things, what you have to recognize is on some level, this is the last gasp of that old guard. Yeah. Because when we actually talk the facts, it's hard to argue against the things we're saying about. Get rid of bail. Because bail doesn't benefit us yeah. as a society. Mm-hmm. It disrupts families. It, Although, it, who, who's the dude, Carthorn? Uh, he's the um, re, uh, representative. He's a Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with, and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's spreading these crazy rumors about orgies and, and Oh, right, like right. That. The new thing was Democratic orgy. Yeah. Uh, Coke-fueled orgies. Yeah. We yeah, love but, to see it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But... For as many people as who are going to believe that crap, even though there's no evidence, and of mm-hmm. course it's hard to prove the absence of something. Sure. Um, so he'll get a little traction off of it, but at a certain point you just have to go, but what do you stand for? Mm-hmm. Oh, ooh, yeah. That was a bad pun. Um, <laughs> what is it that you want, since you're saying there's this evil bad thing, we're, rather than us debate whether or not that exists, yeah. what is it you want? <clears throat> Yeah. And they got nothing. What they really want is to go back to the way that things used to be, except they don't really want that. Yeah. We wouldn't be in this situation if they hadn't, for example, gotten rid of all manufacturing in this country. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked about <clears throat> retro versus metro America. You know, there is yeah. an older America. And hopefully you're right. This newer generation that's coming up will push away that old stuff. Well, I'm not saying push away. This is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying bring that new perspective mm-hmm. and then find a way to... Put it on that stage so that that audience, before they know it, is going, oh, wow, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's the thing. Like, I think earlier on in the pandemic, I was interviewing some folks at, um, that the Z-Space Civic Conversations mm. and Sharon Pang, um, who works primarily with musicals or previously, um, brilliant, 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 brilliant person. Mm. And, you know, she kept saying, like, you know, yeah. Um, we'll come in and we'll produce a show called, like, Oklahoma. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and even the power of casting not all white people in Oklahoma mm-hmm. means that inside of the audience, there are people who are, who A, love Oklahoma, and B, people who love to see the people who are in Oklahoma. And now that's the common ground that they can now share is because both people can say, like, I love this show. And because their mutual love, do you know what I mean? It's, like, totally, like, I do not need to see Romeo and Juliet ever again. However, mm-hmm. if Cal Shakes wants to do, like, a Spanish-speaking version of Romeo and Juliet, which is what they're working on right now, mm-hmm. to literally bridge the generations or, to, like, 
that's the act of cross-cultural communication mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like yeah all for it let's do it does that mean that like we have to do like less things like you not say this like less but um does that mean that we need less not monolithic but how do i say this like like all black spaces do you mm. know what i mean yeah it's yeah like, yeah like okay well if the power is in these like multicultural spaces then let's fuel that it's like mm. no we need all of it we right. need all of it to kind of push forward because we all need some type of common ground in order to communicate about the hard stuff i think that that's the mm. thing that like all of the things that we kind of keep coming back to is like you know if we can gosh getting so sappy but whatever mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. but you know if we can lead with love and admiration especially through mm -hmm. the privilege of our art form it's like that's easier yeah that's easier and too. it's the common ground that cuts all across race and gender and yeah. well, yeah, all exactly. of those things so. well and it's always been hard stories eugene o'neill is, is exactly. talking about drug addiction and, and abuse and alcoholism mm -hmm. Um, I love when I have to deal with kids and some, whatever the re adult representatives are who've hired me, <laughs> say, well, but we want to be careful about the themes. I'm like, are you seriously telling me that you think high, schoolers, high schoolers don't know about drugs and sex? They know and about it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and what it's they crazy. need is some instruction. And yeah. if you love those old masters, mm -hmm. we're going to use the same form that they used. Yep. Mm -hmm. And when that play was done first, everybody was like, oh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that Doll's House. I was just thinking about that, <laughs> Doll's House, you know, which was done in the turn of the century. And, and, and what's the other one um, after where um, there was rioting, rioting, like, oh, my God, let me please produce a show where the audience is out in the street afterward going, you can't believe what they just did in there. Oh, yeah. please, let, let me do that. But but use the form. Mm -hmm. Master the form so that when you do it, your audience is grateful to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't know they are. The fact that they, I just need to talk to you a little bit more about your play. I, 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 just, I, I just have a question. Yes. I'm glad <laughs> you have a question. Let's talk. I yeah, like. exactly right. Speaking of Doll's House, Jeffrey Lowe has been nominated uh, San Francisco Bay Area Theater Critic Circle. J-Lo. Uh, yeah. For Best Director for A Doll's House. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Love. And also love. Maya Herbsman, she's been uh, nominated as well. She's the yep. intimacy coordinator. Yeah. I love Maya. Yeah. I love Maya so much. Oh, my gosh. It is 1230. I want to be respectful of people's time because people got to go. Uh, One last question yes. for you, um, because we've talked a lot about Sai Raphael, but I'm sure you've done other pieces. And, mm -hmm. I mean... Let me try to encompass it all in one. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in the future? Are you frustrated? Are you happy with what Bay Area Theater is mm -hmm. providing for you? Um, you know, how do you, how do you feel about your space as a as an artist in the Bay Area? Personally, I am thrilled. Like I have had a lot of opportunities, a lot of privileges, a lot of like a lot of chances for people to see me, and I want to be able to like reverberate that. So for me, I'm like really optimistic because I know what people have given me. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's like, you know, my instructors at SF State, like, you know, who were just like, yeah, do that thing. Find the cross section. You know, Terry, um, Kurt Nutting, you know, Roy Conboy and Galdor, like just being like, yeah, come do it. Mm -hmm. um, and all of the doors that that let open. So nice. it's like even when I'm like writing a new piece with um, – like last year, I was with a Crowded Fire um, uh, playwriting lab. 
Mm. I was like, they were like, yeah, we see the value in you and your voice and your work, and we're going to work with you to just develop a new play over the year. Nice. And I was like, mm. yes. So, and even like, you know, this TBA arts leadership residency with Lorraine Hansberry, where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm getting, Lorraine Hansberry is getting a grant to give me hours to support them and their mission and their vision. Mm -hmm. So I think that for me, I think that I'm very optimistic. However, I'm also working alongside people who, and even me sometimes who are like getting the short end of the stick and people who have been working for like years and if not decades. And that was the interesting thing. I'm not trying to like trail off, no, but mm -mm. you know, mm -hmm. like, I think that that's the really interesting thing kind of seeing moving forward of like, okay, who, who and which companies are talking the talk and walking the walk? Yeah. Because <coughs> especially with like, especially with black folks and like, <laughs> especially with um, indigenous artists and like other people of color and just all of the, you know, we do not have time. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah! Like to like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but to I be continued. Yeah, truly <laughs> part two. Um, but I think that that's the other thing that I'm like, hmm, there are still systems in place that either need to be completely revised or we just need to step into those spaces so that we can change them. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'm not, that's the thing that I'm frustrated with. Yeah. Mm. Norman and I were talking, I'm not going to mention the theater, the company, but I had a friend of mine <laughs> Well, I, I, listen, I, I'm trying try not to Yeah, yeah exactly, right. <laughs> in any case, a good, fr a good friend of mine texted me and said, did you see this show? This is a black show, and everyone's raving about it. These uh, critics or, you know, folks from, mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, these San Francisco uh, theater critics mm -hmm. or whatever saying, oh, is it wonderful that this black show is wonderful? And he, a black person, saw it and mm -hmm. was like, uh, this is substandard. This is it just literally horrible. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Literally, yes. Mm -hmm. He might as well have just said it's Chitlin Circuit. And right. I'm like, so are you basically saying that we're getting the proverbial cookie because, oh, you're doing a black thing, but, you know, we, we can do quality stuff. I mean, um, and this is not, not just a black thing, but I mean, any, any piece, whether it be, you know, no matter how diverse or whatever, mm -hmm. there, there has to be quality. And if you have a company, just like what you're saying, if they're saying, oh, well, let's do something about diversity, but they don't put something of quality up. Or they think, well, this is okay. This mm -hmm. will satisfy, you know, certain critics or whatever. Yeah. That's not doing the job. As a matter of fact, that's making things worse because yeah. it's, it's, it's placating us. And I think that that's the thing. It's like, uh, I hate to say this because it's like, it's the truth, but it's like, it's not everyone. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like, it is so prevalent that it just feels like the norm. Like, you know, it's... I, that's the thing that I'm frustrated, but also so excited and optimistic because, like, the outliers to that, the exceptions to that, mm -hmm. those are the people that I'm really invested in. Yeah. Those are the people that I will return to the theater every single time. The yeah. people who are like, oh, no, we're we're doing this. I said we're going to do this, and I'm currently doing it right now. <laughs> do you want to be in on this? Right. And, and I'm yeah. sure, Norman, when you uh, are cast for, you know, piece, you make sure that the piece is right. You know, I'm sure there have been plenty of times you said no. <laughs> no. You keep bringing this up, and I'm like, no, I I love the creative process. Yeah, have you, so, but you've never been embarrassed for, let's say, working on a piece that did not represent you or the community or whatever. I have been fortunate in that way. Um, I have. It's funny you mentioned Crowded Fire, and I will call out a theater company, mm -hmm. but this was a er, much earlier iteration. Um, 
They did a couple of shows that I had issues with, and I went up to talk to the black actors afterwards because before I started calling somebody out, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss something. Both instances, those actors had been told in the process that they didn't understand. They're playing a black character, and they're asking about what that black character is doing, Mm -hmm. and they are being told they don't understand. They, the actor? They, the actor, do not understand what the company is or what the show is saying, as if to say, you're not smart enough or you're not sophisticated enough, or that we're doing something that maybe looks like something bad, racism, um, but that's not what we're doing. Misrepresentation. Honestly, it wasn't, I wouldn't even call it racism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, One play is written by a British playwright using the Br'er Rabbit dialect. That is a southern, not just a southern dialect, but a southern black dialect. That is what that is. You cannot put that dialect in white people's mouths. It does not represent the South to do that. It's something else. Yeah. So the actors are trying to say, wait a minute, I'm I'm It's like local local blackface. You right. You don't understand, he was told. When I went up to the second actor, and again, I'm polite because I don't even know this guy at this point. I knew the first actor, I didn't know the second actor. So different show, different set of issues but i'm like that makes no sense to me what you just made that guy do makes no sense to me so at the end of the show i'm like hey wonderful performance loved it i just have a question about this his response was basically the same as the other guys dude he says i tried to bring that up and they just told me i didn't understand Hmm. that's where we're at and, you know, we're moving through that, but we're going to navigate it. As we talk about this, the other thing that pops into my head, though, I can't help but think of is, well, a play that I really hate, um, Six Degrees of Separation, mm, because it is girl. the magical Negro. We've got to talk about Will Smith again. Uh, but, uh, and I refused to see it. I knew the play, and yeah. when they made it a movie, I was like, no, that's horrible. Yeah. No, but, but to get it off of the race thing, Trip to Bountiful, um, well, Driving to Miss Daisy, same thing. That era of plays... Mm. They were taking in a, what at the time were considered to be innovations in theater, like how you move a story forward, how you do the narrative. We get to see years of relationship grow. Um, so they were kind of picking up on that. They were. Um, and they did it in a way that I can't imagine a theater company doing these plays right now. And I'm like, yay. They explored in the same way you could say that the AIDS plays, when plays started to not talk directly about AIDS because it was still kind of taboo, but to reference it. Like Angels in America? No, before that, because that that. talks explicitly about AIDS. No, there were plays where, uh, God, what's the one play where the the friends, it's a male-female, where they travel all over the place, um, and it's, um, and that's, what you find out is what they're talking about really is the journey of this horrible experience of mm. discovery and how do you deal oh, with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. on the tip of my tongue. Well, and, uh, and it is so, but it is done almost, yeah. not quite a fairy tale, but it is done so much in metaphor. Exactly. That once it became okay to say AIDS, mm-hmm. that play kind of went on the shelf. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. so That's I'm so- saying I think it's totally fine that kind of theater is successful theater. There's no reason to say, no, you can't do that. What I'm hoping is we're at a place where we can say, well, how about this then? How about approaching the story this way? Which maybe allows us that in to that standard audience, that you know, old school audience, we're going to give you an interesting story. It's going to take you on some twists and turns. 
and you're going to hopefully come out of it going, wow, that guy or that person, I can't believe, wow. You know, that's yeah. ultimately what we're doing. That's what we've always been doing. We're just adding in some layers now that they haven't seen before. Well, I think that that's the thing is just like waiting to figuring out who's, who, who's, who needs to catch up. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like. I'm trying mm-hmm. to bring it back to the Will Smith thing, but like, mm-hmm. like a few like years ago, like Chris Rock, I think it was Chris Rock who was like, um, things that happen with like you know black, um, black progress in America. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's not based off of black people. That's based off of white people getting more comfortable. Right. And I'm just like, okay, so if people of color are waiting on white people to get more comfortable, similar to the way that like women or femmes are like waiting for men or mask people to like get more comfortable the same reason that ableist people are you know need to catch up for mm-hmm. our people who are like uh, disabled or um neurodivergent do you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. all of this stuff is just like all right who has to play catch up in order for the conversations the narrative the art form the life to be that much more beautiful diverse vibrant mm-hmm. and just ultimately normal yeah right well said how can you have that conversation so that those people don't feel attacked they feel enlightened right and unfortunately the burden is always seems to fall on the artists it's like how can i get you to wake up (laughs) allies we need we we don't we got plenty of openings for allies exactly all righty it's 12 44 we got to get going out of here um wonderful conversation we just go on and on birthdays Birthdays. Oh, you want me to go first? No, oh, I, birthdays, I, yes. I, 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 I was going to be, I was like September 5th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we always, at the end of the show, we always do a few shout outs about oh. current shows and if there yeah. are, you know, special occasions. Uh, Rebecca Novick's birthday is today. Um, Rebecca. <laughs> speaking of Crowded Fire. <laughs> um, and it's funny because we have been in dialogue for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um Hansford Prince uh, is an actor that I worked with at the... I've done three shows at Theater Rhino, and that was, I think, the first one. Wow. Actually, yeah, three shows connected to Theater Rhino, and then one show in the same building. Um, Hansford I met uh, doing um, a, a Mary Baraka play, The Toilet. It's a one-act. Love Weird the play. Great Leroy Jones. Michael Chang's birthday is coming up this week. Um, actor I met through uh, Word for Word. We did uh, the House on Mango Street for many years. They kept bringing it back. It was so popular. Anna Bud is I met as a young playwright. Now teaches I think at Santa Clara University. Also, side note: When we're done with this, can we please talk about the House on Mango Street? Oh, my oh God. hey, happily. Oh I know, I, oh I lived it for God. a while. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ken Narasaki, another Bay Area playwright. Um, we met at the Asian American Theater Company back when they had this complex with three stages. Oh, oh gosh, the good old days. Sarah Gasser is, um, I believe she is the production manager, or she was the production manager for Playground. Ken Bullock um, is not, I don't think he's a playwright, but he is a writer, and he has been covering Bay Area Theater the whole time I've been here. Uh, Duran Garcia is Duran. A, yeah. Fight, uh, fight choreographer, mm-hmm. actor, um, has been involved, especially in the um, Latino theater, Latin theater movement here in the Bay Area. Excuse me. Brian Katz, um, artistic director, I believe Brian is Katz. his title, at Custom Made Theater. 
James Good, um, who is a sound guy with Playground. And Anne Hallinan. Looks like that's the last one I've got. Um, Anne is an older actress who was putting stuff in TBA magazine, some kind of ad, so I would see her name every now and then. And then didn't see her for many years, and I just thought, oh, she's just gone. And then got to see her in um, Utopia Theater's um, Seagull. They did the Seagull. And they did a bunch of gender... They did everything. There were women playing men. There were women just taking the role and and playing with the identity without a gender shift. It it all worked. And Anne came out as an old guy. Just you know, it was it was a trip. And I was so happy. I am always looking for those mentors, those older people who are showing me that yes, you can keep doing it. And so yeah. that's the last one I've got. All right. My list is short. Uh, Tom Bet George, his birthday is today. He was the um, the uh, director and the musical director when we did Godspell, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a couple of years back. Happy birthday to him. Uh, my brother John Miller, brother-in-law, but brother John Miller, uh, his birthday was yesterday, so I want to give a shout out to him. Um, Wendy Wyatt Mayer, her birthday is April, will be April the third, and she was uh, someone who I shared the stage with when we did Fear and Misery in the Third Reich. Um, talking about the Hitler regime. Mm. Uh, Marnie Claggett, her birthday will be April the 3rd. Um, I stage managed her. Uh, we did, um, excuse me, Wonder of the World. And I'm mm. looking at the poster right there. Mm. The uh, Barbie doll eyes staring at us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren Garcia, I think you saved that one for me. Her birthday will be April the 6th. And she is a, uh, a writer for the Chickahan Company, ex-Bendle Stiffer, and... Um, which is an all-around great person. I uh, shared the stage with her. I think we did Stories High. And she bought a Yay jersey. So, you know, thank you, Laura. And uh, that's... Laura or Lauren? Lauren. That's what I meant, Lauren. Uh, Let's see. And that's it. Um, Okay. uh, Shows. Um, So, it's so funny. Um, Aaron Merritt got in touch with me about... Yeah. And I think I have it here somewhere. Oh, I want to throw a shout out. Rebecca Ennels recently got married. I wanted to give a shout out to her. What? Rebecca Ennels. I don't yeah. know if you remember her. <laughs> no. Rep- uh, SF Shakes? No. They're not married? They've th- got two kids. I'm I, pretty sure they're married. <laughs> I have it written down. Um, I huh. saw a posting. Um, you sure it wasn't just an anniversary? They've got two kids. Well, okay. Well, maybe, maybe I read a, uh, an, a something that was hosted a couple of years ago. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, there's a Bay Area Women's Theater Festival. Come back. There it is. Um, and their next reading is a play called La, P- La Paloma by Alejandra Maria Rivas. And, oh, lovely. Um, it'll be, they've been doing these shows at the Brava Theater Company on the 4th at 7 p.m. And then a week later, no, two weeks later, at the Aurora Theater Company. So they've been doing both sides of the bay, which I think is great. Um, Catherine Sebron is the one who kind of put all this together. It's an ongoing women's theater festival. Um, that's that. And I don't know that I have anything else. I've got water by the spoonful and I've got Central Works. So I'm going to do this show today and then I'm going to run over to Central Works and do box office. Oh, tonight. nice. So, so uh, um, I could use a break. I've got, there are a couple the shows. <laughs> Endlings, uh, Oakland Theater Project is doing that. Joyce oh, right. DeMonico is that just Hunt opening, right? Uh, is in the show uh, April the 8th. Uh, so it God, opens, uh, yeah, the 8th through the 1st. Love me some Joyce. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. Joyce is fantastic. I got to get her back on the show. That was one of the best interviews I've done. Uh, Strings Attached, uh, we've talked about that. That'll be streaming. It's streaming already, and so you can check that out. Radhika Rao is in that along with Cindy yes. Lagazinski. Yes. Uh, Intimate Apparel. 
We've uh, talked about that. Kari Moy is in that. You are in that. Yes. <laughs> um, in it? You're in it. No, I am the production manager for this. Gotcha. Okay. Production. Well, you're working on it. Okay. Yes. Production manager. Yeah. yeah. And that opened yesterday, and it closes April the 16th, so there's plenty of time to see that. That's the Magic Theater. And we have a link to that if you want to, uh, to see the show, you want to buy tickets for it. Baked the Musical, um, that is today. So Fault Line Theater, that's the one and only time. I believe it's reading. And Eko Yamamoto, when she, ta- when she came on the air, she talked about that. So she's in it. Yeah. So check that out if you have time. Steel Magnolias, uh, the Sierra Repertory Theater, is doing that. That'll be April the 14th through May the 15th. Echo is in that as well. Coffee Lady, Awesome Theater, is doing that. That opened yeah. March the 31st. It closes May the 5th. And Yumi Kabori is in that show. Bridget Dunaportman wrote the piece. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Speaking of Anne Yumi Kabori, I'm involved in a piece called Pear Slices, oh, a yeah. series mm-hmm. of uh, one-act plays, and I'm one of the actors. I get to act. And that'll be on stage and also streaming. And speaking of Anne Yumi Kabori, I'm in two pieces that she wrote. Mm. Beautiful pieces. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I think I have our first rehearsal today, so we'll see. Um, August Osage County is being played at San Jose stage March the 30th. It opened March 30th and it ends April 24th. Terrence Smith and Letitia Duarte is in the piece. San Jose stage. San Jose stage. Viet Gong, we've been talking about that for a while. Jeffrey Lowe is directing that show. Um, that opened March the 24th. It closes April 24th, so we have links for that. Escape from the Asylum, Central Works, we've been talking about that. Uh, that closes, excuse me, April the 17th. Mm-hmm. Alan Coyne is in that. Jan Zalifer is in it. Gary Graves is directing it. Mm-hmm. And you, you are box officing it. <laughs> Occasionally. Occasionally. And Dot closes tomorrow. The new Conservatory Theater. Oh. Uh, Kim Donovan, Kimberly Ridgway is in that. Mm-hmm. Sean J. West is uh, directing it. And I've heard some pretty good pieces about that. A lot of folks talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Great. yeah. And uh, Allegiance, that opens April 22nd, ends May the 8th. Mara Sotelo is in that. I believe oh, that's an all Asian uh, cast. It has, yeah. Yes. Well, it's an, all, it's an Asian story. It's, um, it's about the. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, what do they call Con- <laughs> no, no, no. concentration yeah. camps? Yeah, yeah. So that's a very, very powerful piece. That's uh, Alta. I'm sorry, Palo Alto players. They're, they're doing uh, Allegiance. Um, we've talked about the three podcasts. You're checking out this podcast here, but also check out Barry Graves' podcast, The Black Man's Heart. Mm-hmm. Mallory Samara, she uh, runs KCBS Radio or handles that, and she has a piece called Connect the Dots. That's a um, a podcast. So check that out. Also, Bindlestiff has the Fobcast. Mm-hmm. So check yep, that yep, out. Yep. <laughs> All right, Julius, did you enjoy yourself? Very much so. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hope I can come back, please. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Please. We'd love, love to have you back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. All righty. And oh, and also, uh, we still have uh, jerseys, so uh, please check out our jerseys. We have black jerseys. We have white jerseys. So uh, I've got them on the, uh, the thing here, and uh, I've got a poster of folks who have uh, bought I our jerseys. I saw that. I just saw you put it on the yay page. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to share that out. That's that's cool. Yeah, it's a yay thing. So uh, thank you so much for those who have sponsored us, who have uh, bought us, because, you know, that's a way of sponsoring it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's $30, so, you know, just ping me if you want one. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. We are on the uh, Apple Podcast apps. We are on Spotify. We are on the SoundCloud app if you're an Android user. The yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know on Twitter. We are on the Yay Three. Mm-hmm. I'm at Reg Space Clay, and I'm at Who's Your Who's Your. 
Uh, Julius, um, can people find you via social media? Oh, yeah. On Instagram, I am uh, Julius Ernesto Ria, and that's also my website, JuliusErnestoRia.com. Okay, cool. I'll put your uh, website also on the, uh, the link as well. Hopefully. All righty. Thank you so much. Norman break a leg tonight. <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> this afternoon. That's right. All right. And as Norman and I always say, we, we got to find, find a, a better, better sign-off. Sign and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>